going to continue in our series, uh, Kingdom Come, this week. And so whether you're here in person or online, uh, man, just we're going to roll through Luke chapter 12 together. So if you want to grab your scriptures, we're going to be in Luke 12 on page number 865. 865. And, and we're in a series, um, kind of a New Year's series, going to launch into 2019. And uh, the, the, the kind of the premise that we have together over the next few weeks is that Jesus cares really a whole lot more about who you're becoming uh, than what you're doing. Because what you do is, is determined by who you are. What you do, the actions that you take, is actually informed deeply by the person that you are. You can't separate the two. Um, oftentimes, as you know, good Americans, we try to do that. But well, what they do, it's okay. We kinda, I don't you know who they are. That's another question. I'm not sure, but they do some good stuff. Uh, they do terrible things, but they're great people, right? We try to do that a lot together uh, as people. We try to give the people that, you know, but it's very hard scripturally to separate the two because who you are determines what you do. And so Jesus is always going to be moving us past our actions into the state of our heart. He's always going to move us uh, into that. And so the kingdom is this major announcement. It's Jesus, it's really the point of Jesus' life that the New Testament says. He wants to announce to everybody that you can have a whole new way of life. The, the way of life you were created to live, you could, you could live it as a citizen of God's kingdom. And, and the kingdom is not a reality to be seen outside of you. You see the results of the kingdom, um, but really the, the, the kingdom of God is an experience that you, that you have within you. And so as you continue to live as a follower of Jesus, as you continue to live as a disciple of Jesus, it, it begins to make its way to the surface because built within each single person is the image of God created in his image so that you can become all that he's created you to be. And so the kingdom is this announcement that you can do that and it's through his death and through Jesus' death and resurrection that you actually can uh, live that way. And, and so we have to begin to, to really look at really what the kingdom is. And so just a quick little uh, recap for those of you that might have not been here or haven't been tracking along. We, we often see the kingdom of God in, in, a, in a couple ways. Uh, if you go to this next slide, we, we often see is, is that when we see kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven is like this place up in the sky. And, and when we die, we get to go there. And that's when we get this experience heaven. And so really earth is just this waiting room for the experience that we get to have. Or for some of us, it's really this idea where earth needs to change a lot, and so we ask the kingdom of God, we ask God to come to earth a lot and, and see all the things take place. But really, it's a combination of the two. And, and you see these, this, this reality that heaven is not uh, some sort of like distant land that we, if we go up far enough, we might get there one day. But heaven is the realm where God is. And as, we, as it begins to interact with earth, we begin to see the kingdom of heaven throughout all of our spaces. Because what God is, is, is literally informing, inflaming every part of, of our world, just packed into all of it. And so as you go throughout your day, you begin to see the results of the kingdom beginning to make its way to the surface. And so with this announcement that Jesus is all about is that you can have this whole new way of life right here in the midst of this one as a citizen of God's kingdom. So it's the way that he planned for you to live before the foundations of the earth. And so, but, but when we hear this as people, if, you know, every, every single one of us, we kind of fall into three different camps. Some of us, we have the head camp, we have the heart camp, and we have the hand camp. How many know what I'm talking about here, right? When you hear this announcement, some of you, you might be a bit more of the head 
person, right? Where you hear this and you're like, well, I'm, great. I know, I'm glad I know that. Praise God. That's awesome. Some of you, though, you're the heart camp. You're like, I just want to sit in the presence of God forever, right? And I, and I want to be there. And, I, and, you, and you kind of, maybe you write a song about it. Who knows? Uh, that's maybe in your head. And, and then some of you, you're in the hand camp because you're like, what do I do? What do I got to do? How do I make this, how do I take this and make it tangible, right? And we tend to fall comfortably, if we're not aware of this movement, we tend to fall comfortably into one of these camps and we don't ever uh, really evaluate how we're living. But you know what Jesus wants us to do? He doesn't want us just to have one versus the other. He really wants us to live an entirely whole life. It's really a holistic announcement, it's not just for you that serve, not, just, you for, not for, just for those of you that emote, or not just for those of you that like to study and know, but really it's this announcement, because here's what Jesus says in Matthew 22. It says that Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally more important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So like, like he's saying, no, no, okay, so you have your heart, you have your head, and you have your hands, and really what you want to do is you take all of those and you begin to see the results of the kingdom work its way out to the surface of your life through one of these things. But he really wants all of them working together. We're tracking on this so far, right? Praise God. All right, everyone makes fun of me for that statement, but it's, it's cool. We can laugh at it. Gosh, you guys are tough today. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I'm right here. It's okay. But we're, we're going to get through it. Uh, so it says this is a holistic announcement. This is a holistic announcement. But what, what we have to realize is that there is a barrier to living holistically in the kingdom. There's a barrier to it. Like God wants us to take all of these things, but there's a barrier to, to living this way. And, and that's really what we're going to see today, that the kingdom of God is going to invite you to live a life that's not measured by what you own, but by who you honor. Again, gang, look, we can do whatever we want in 2019, but there's only one person you can be. You can do many things, but there's only one person that you can be. And so when you look at December 2019, when you track your development throughout all of this, who is that person going to look like? And the invitation of this kingdom that you can live a whole new way of life, the way of life you were created to live, they're inviting you to live a way of life that's practical, and it's a life that's not measured by what you own, but by who you honor. And so Jesus is going to talk about this in Luke chapter 12, uh, verse 13. Here's what it says. Then someone called from the crowd, teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Now, real quick his, history there. In this time, you could go to a rabbi. The rabbi would help uh, disp- you know, d- handle this, this, this dispute. And so what these people, they're not going to Jesus as a, as a, as a, uh, as a Lord. They're not going to him as, as one they endear, as one they love. They're going to Jesus like a tool on the tool belt. Are we, are we together on that? Like he, they're going to him because they need him to settle something in his life, not because they want to be with him. All right, church is out. All right, awesome. Um, because that's a heart level for us. Are we going to Jesus because we need him for something 
like a tool on a tool belt, or is he with us through our struggle because we've been walking with him all along? All right, so that's how it starts out. He says, tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. He said, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things like that? Then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told him a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to him, what should I do? I don't have room for all of my crops. Then he said, I know, I know, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. And so we, we begin to see this invitation of what the kingdom is like. A kingdom of, the kingdom is like the, this interaction with this rich fool. And he says, this is, this is an invitation for you to live a whole new way of life. And it's really an invitation to live a practical life, but it's a, it's a holistic life, meaning that you are, he, it's literally going to permeate every aspect of who you are, where every part of your being, emotional, intellectual, physical, your, your professional life, everything will find its home in Jesus. And the invitation to live a whole life, not based off what you own and what you can see, but based off who you honor, will begin to shift us away from this barrier, which is really greed. This, this idea, greed is really, when you think about it, like, oh, it's this desire for more. But really at the heart of greed is this idea that God is holding out on us somehow. It's that what God has given us isn't good enough, and so what we have to do is seek more, desire more, want more. But, but finding our home in Jesus will often find our contentment in him as well so that when we live a holistic life as we follow Christ, we'll see the results of the kingdom come out much smoother. And so what we see, we have to make these movements in order to see this type of life happen. In order to make this surface uh, within us even more, we have to make some movements uh, for, in our life. And this is what the story is going to invite us to do. Just four simple movements that we'd encourage you with today. Number one, in order to live a whole life with Christ, you have to move from building to organizing. From building to organizing. Look what this guy says. It, it, like just in, his, in all of his kind of pride, he's saying, what should I do with all my stuff? I know. I'll go rent a storage unit. I'll go, I'll tear down my stuff and, and I'll build new ones so I have even more room. And, and, and built within this story is this like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. In fact, what if you could organize what you have right now so it actually make it feel like you are already there. I, I mean, I, I, I tell this story from time to time, but I remember the first time my wife and I actually managed our money. I was like, man, we're rich. <laughs> we, didn't own, we didn't own anything more, and we didn't make a lot of money, but because we had margin, we were able to experience the actual results of what God has given us. Uh, the same thing with our marriages. If you organize some of the stuff that's interacting with your marriage... You might feel like you have a brand new marriage, but many times we look outside of where we're at because it might feel like, oh man, it would be better if we're just outside somewhere else, if we're somewhere else, it might feel better. 
But the invitation is, no, 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 don't, don't rip down what you have in order to build new ones. Organize what you got now so that you can experience the reality of the kingdom today. Are we, are we tracking together, right? So what we have is this invitation. What part of your life you continue to look outside of, but really Jesus is like right there in the midst of it, inviting you to organize it in a little bit so that you can actually experience what God has given you. What part of your life is that? He's saying, beware. Don't, don't let this greed move you away. This, this heart-level kind of announcement that Jesus has not given you everything you need, that God is kind of holding out on you somehow. Don't, beware of this. Don't look at someone else's money. Don't look at someone else's marriage. Don't look at someone else's kids. Praise the Lord, right? Because let's be honest. Don't look at someone else's abilities, sports, leadership. Don't look at someone else's gifts. Don't look at some of those, someone else's stuff, someone else's walk with the Lord. Because they have a story, and you have a story, and his invitation is organize what you have so you can be sitting at rest with Jesus right here now. It's not you in a different set of circumstances. It's Jesus in you now. So he invites us to build and organize, build, uh, to organize instead of building. The second movement we have to make is from greed to gratitude. In fact, you can actually not just move from greed to gratitude, you can fight greed with gratitude. Here's the thing, is, is many times when you hear pastors talk about this, or maybe when you think about it, you begin to exercise your gratitude by, I need to make more lists of things that I'm thankful for. Or I need to do the, thank, you know, the thankful challenge on Facebook and post things in November. But I, actually, I think gr- gratitude is much less a, a habit. It could be a habit, but I think it's much more about rest. It's much more about a rest in the Lord that doesn't move you to, to desire something where you feel like he's holding out on you. G- gratitude is this ability to sit and look at what you have right now and say, man, I can't believe God has even given me this. It's this, it's this rest in yourself. When you take that deep breath, I tell, my, I tell my, my little guy all the time, I tell Channing, I'm like, hey, take a deep breath, right? Sometimes I feel like the Lord just looks at me sometimes. He goes, dude, would you take a deep breath? Everything is fine. But you're freaking out. Why? Because I'm not at rest personally. It's much easier to see something else, to desire something else outside of you when you're not at rest within you. And many times we look for something external and try to drive it into us so that we can feel better inside. But what we need is rest inside and what we'll experience is the gratitude on the outside. We're tracking together this morning, right? So this invitation to, 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 to move from this, this, this like really kind of a nasty desire that God is holding out on you somehow to, to be able to sit still and do you believe that if God gave you nothing else, you'd have everything you need it's this rest in that it happens in seasons this is what jeremiah 5 will teach us um jeremiah 5 is this this people ha, uh, this is like a major announcement they gave to the nation of israel but this people had a stubborn and rebellious heart how many times like, don't isn't that like true of your heart right it's just when i read this i think how stubborn and rebellious i am They have turned aside and departed. They do not say in their heart, let us now fear the Lord our God who gives rain in its season, both the autumn rain and the spring rain, who keeps for us the appointed weeks of 
the harvest, what, what, what Chris was saying right there, so true, the seasonal approach to life. Where, man, you have sometimes, you have certain harvests in different seasons of your life. And when you can sit within the limits that God has placed, with it, placed you in, and you can see his authority over that aspect of your life, when he sets the guardrails for you, and you can live within those guardrails, within those limits, within those normal rhythms of your life, within the normal rhythms of the year, contentment will begin to make its way to the surface much more easy. A lot of times we're just fighting the limits that we have. And it creates deep, deep discontentment, deep, deep unrest, and forces us to move outside of us and desire things that aren't ours. And so his invitation to you as a kingdom, he said, you know, it's not based off anything you own like that. It's not based off anything that's, that's going on. It's based off who you honor in the midst of that season. And you'll be able to settle down. And, and, and so we, we move from building to organizing, greed to gratitude. We have to move from me to us. Look, look what this guy says in verse 20. I, move, I missed my spot, I'm sorry. Um, Luke 12, verse 20 says this, uh, but God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night, then who will get everything you worked for? I, I don't think this is Jesus pronouncing this man's death. That would be like a weird move and change in the story. But I think he's like, what, what, what would happen if you died tonight? What would happen? Like, who does it go to? You put all this work and inside all of this stuff, like, like who does this move onto who does this move into and so really the invitation is to 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 move from me to us this guy is isolated he's having a complete pride fest with himself right now he's just like man look at me and it's all completely built in isolation it's amazing what will happen when you move into a community of some sort and there's other people engaged in it how different your relationships become and how different your decisions start to be when you're isolated, you will begin, greed is much easier because you don't have anyone challenging you to, to, to continue to be content or anyone reminding you of that. The other thing, it, it forces us to, like, hey, we have to organize our stuff. We have other people that are living this life with us, helping us. This guy's just by himself, and he's thinking about this idea completely uh, by himself. And so when you look to yourself first, you won't have any consideration for the generation after you. So Jesus is reminded, like, what's going on here? When we think practically about our life and we want to live this holistic life, we honor God first, we'll begin to see the results. We'll begin to have a long-term plan. We say here all the time about our kids, we want to have a, a, a vision for our grandkids' grandkids to meet Jesus and to walk with him. And so we live in that way. There's, another, there's a, pa a pastor named Andy Stanley. He talks about choosing to cheat on the right things in our life. I mean, you, get, you're, you only have a certain amount of hours a day, and what are you building into the culture and the norms of your life to begin to see that? When you move from me to us, you'll begin to think much more long, uh, much, you'll have a much more longer viewpoint, and you'll begin to see things build in a much different way. You'll begin to see your kids engage differently. You'll begin, begin to see your time a little bit differently. Because relationships and community are driving you that way. That's why we talk about our community groups all the time. Man. Join them. Join them. We got four, like 24 starting uh, this week. If you're not in one, 
get in one. Experience the life that Christ has meant for you to live. And so you begin to see this move. And this is what Philippians 2 will teach us, is this type of community. He says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. I love what Paul does here, where it says, like, selfish is this, like, internal movement. Impression is this external movement. But both of them are rooted in the same, this lack of humility. Selfishness, I'm going to pull everything towards me. I'm going to pull the attention towards me. Impression, I'm going to still pull all the attention towards me. I'm just going to do it externally. What we have to move is from me to us, allow ourselves to be at rest in our relationship with the Lord, not put out a complete, engage, a complete uh, uh, presentation of who we are, but honor him first so that he begin to work in all of us. So, so we have to move from me to us. Lastly, this story will remind us to move from possession to purpose. From possession to purpose. Notice how Jesus, not once in this story, says if you have possessions that you're wrong here. Not one time. I, I used to read stories like, oh, Jesus is like telling me I can't own anything and I gotta be poor and move to China. Like that was like how I grew up, just completely disconnected from the reality of the story. I just, I mean, why my brain went there all the time. But I was like scared to death that God was gonna call me to like a, you know, a dirt floor hut somewhere in uh, Africa somewhere. And I just was like, I would like pray, God, God don't do that. <laughs> like I just love the United States or whatever. And, uh, and God, was, God was always like just, you know, I just was always praying that, always praying that, always praying that. And, and felt like, man, there's just like major call that God like just makes everyone do because he just hates when you have stuff and you got to do everything to serve. He doesn't do that. In fact, he, in other parts of the New Testament, he says, man, a, get, get, like if you have the resources, you're the, you could be a huge gift to the kingdom in the way that you use them. And so he, he says, I don't, I don't, it's not really about the possessions as much as it's the relationship to the possessions that you have. If you're seeing them as this insatiable desire, this greed, like, oh, I just need to, I just, I need to hoard and I need to build bigger barns and I need to be able to see, if I need to, 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 to really take pride in all that I own. And, and, but no, no, what he's saying is take all of the stuff that you happen to have and give them purpose. And what's the purpose? He says, right, he continues the story. He says, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. So if, you have, if you're at home with God, your possessions are going to have purpose. And so no matter what's in the bank, no matter what is in the house, no matter what's in the barn, what's in the garage, or whatever's in the storage unit that you might have, there's a possession that, that, that you have that creates purpose in your life. And there's life that now can flow through those. So for some of you, it could be this desire to worship. Or for, some, for others, it's all this stuff. Is, you have a desire to connect with others and really just show the kingdom of God in, in deep relationship with other people. For you, you could be the hands person and, and see this type of service. And you begin to see all the things you own. Like, man, I could use this for that type of work in his kingdom. And I could use this for that, that type of work in his kingdom. But he's given you everything that you need so that you can participate, fully participate in all that he's doing. You have possessions for a purpose, and so what does that look like? It's not just to build bigger barns so that you can say, hey, I'm good. It's for you to participate fully in the kingdom of God. 
And so we have to move away from this, 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 this greed that, that Jesus is bewaring us for. He said, beware, don't, don't let that settle into our hearts. You have stuff, but you need to have a purpose for your stuff. And so we begin to see this work out. He continues, actually continues the story where he says, you know what, here's how you can have a, a deep relationship is if you start to trust me actually. If, if you, you want to have pur- purpose in your life, start to trust me more. And he continues in verse 22 and all the way down to 34. And he says, you know what? I am pleased to do this. I'm pleased to give this to you. I'm pleased to engage with you this way, to build this relationship. So this is why I tell you, don't worry about your life. He's, he's even giving you the way to have the relationship is trust him. Trust him for your own salvation. Trust him for what's going on in your heart right now. Trust him for the season that you're in. Trust him to give purpose to your possessions. Trust him to help you organize your life. Trust him to help you move into community. Trust him so that you can have a heart that's not settled on greed, but is deeply at rest with Jesus so you experience the gratitude that he has. And so we see this type of rest in the kingdom. The invitation of the kingdom is that it's not about measuring how much you own, but it's who you honor. And when you honor Jesus first, the practical elements of that will go to every area of your life and you'll begin to live a whole new way of life right here in the midst of this one. What do you have to organize? What do you have to move? What community do you need? As we've mentioned, we're going through the rule of life. A rule of life is a simple set of disciplines um, that help you practice the way of Jesus and experience God's kingdom within your season right now. The rule of life is, hey, you know, just a bunch of different disciplines that you can choose from. And there's four directions to the rule of life if you go to that square. There's rest and there's mission, you know, because it's not all about how much you can do, but it's, you can't be lazy either, Right? And there's worship going up and community going down. We, we, we go up to, to worship God, but our head can't be in the clouds all the time. It's got to be deeply rooted in community. My wife and I just had a great conversation with some friends last night. We were just chatting about stuff that, that we felt like the Lord's doing in our heart, doing in our life. But we need to bounce it off people so we don't eat bad pizza all the time. And so this rule of life, we, we talked about worship. Last week, Frank talked about this, where there's different disciplines that you can experience. Um, if you go to that list, a couple of slides down, where it says, you know, you can experience, you can remember the grace of God and remember the kingdom as you hear sermons, you, you sing, you engage in singing. When you feast, we, a lot of times we talk about fasting, right? We have to not eat or not engage in something. But you know what the Lord, I, you might really believe the Lord wants you to experience life so much that you can eat a meal and feast and let it roll up way past your tongue into praise for the Creator. Man, engage in feasting today. Man. When, you're, when you're watching the game tonight, just thank God for this type of engagement, this type of life and vitality. Feasting doesn't stop at the movement, at the action, but rolls up past you to know that the Creator of life gave you this moment. Even giving can be that type of movement. Say, God, you mean so much to me. And today it's community. It's really about community. This announcement that you can really engage with other people in groups. 
It's in confession where, where you don't have to pretend you have your life together. The church is not meant for people that feel like they got to put on a presentation to come into a room. My God, if we can just get that, we'd have a healthy church. We bring all of our junk and we don't worry. We experience the grace of God through other people. Um, it's an inventory. When we take an inventory of our life and able to confess it with a counselor or a group of some sort and say, hey, I just need help here. I need help organizing. I need, I need to move into community so God can continue to do this work. And it's experiencing meals together. You sit down and, and ex- I, I, there's nothing more than just experiencing a meal together. Show the hospitality that you have. Care for the other. I mean, if you need help moving into here, you can use some of these to say, okay, God, do this work in me. I'm just not going to sing and pray and just be by myself, but I'm also going to move into community so you see that work continue to happen. The announcement of the kingdom is that you can live a whole new way of life right here. And you can beware of greed, this desire, that, that this, this kind of this, this heart-level uh, uh, selfishness that says God's holding out on me somehow you can move into a purpose for all of that. And you can live a whole new way of life, the life you were created to live. How how hard it is to live a life that has everything you might not that you might need, but not have a rich relationship with the one who created it all do anything you want this year, but be the person God created you to be, and you'll see a whole new way of life happen right here.